0: Today's episode of Juice in the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy.
1: I am Corwin Heller.
0: And welcome back to the Monday episode of the show. As you listen to this, it is May 2nd, 2022. As we're recording, this it is May 1st, the first day in the month of May. Spring is officially sprung. It's a, the first, I think, full spring month. Is that March? No, I don't even know. But hey, the weather's okay. nice. I'll put it that way. The weather's nice. Outdoors is nice. If you're genetically inferior and you have allergies, oh well. But for the rest of us with good genes that we should actively be trying to pass on to future generations to build tough people. Um, it's great. God, I love being outside. Mm. Um, if you have allergies, it's your fault. And Jesus didn't die for your sins. Um. Anyway, so, so the, NFL, the NFL draft concluded yesterday. Uh, we talked about our potential first round picks and what Corwin and I individually would have wanted to see out of our teams, as well as, you know, obviously dishing out who we think would have gone where um, as we move through the entirety of the first round. So now it is in the books and there is things to discuss as there always is, as there always are. Um And it's great because not only do we get to talk about where the picks landed, but we also get to talk about trades, which is something that we actively ignore because it's too difficult to predict, and which is part of what makes trades fun. So, uh, Corwin Heller, shall we get started talking about the 2022 NFL Draft?
1: Yeah, let's do it. All
0: right. So you want to talk like first round and then just draft classes?
1: That seems like uh, the best way to do it.
0: All right, so then we'll take a pick-by-pick uh, pick from the first round, and then, like I just said, we'll we'll, we'll cherry-pick a few, uh, especially interesting, good, bad, or otherwise uh, draft classes to talk about. So the first overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars was defensive end out of Georgia, uh, Trayvon Walker. Corin, what do you make of Mr. Walker going here first overall?
1: Uh, uh-huh. I feel like this guy was like a good athletic prospect that people were like, yeah, he's on the radar. He could, you know, be a first round pick. And then the combine and pro days and all of the off season happened. And he's like, Oh, this guy is Uber athlete. This guy is a superstar. This guy is going to be like, you watch him go through drills and you look at his numbers, athletically testing And he just looks like he could be an absolute freak. But at the end of the day, you go back and look at his numbers and you look at his tape and how he was utilized. And there's nothing there to give you substantial confidence that he's going to be a first overall pick superstar, you know, game breaking defensive end edge rusher and there's nothing wrong with falling in love with athleticism and upside and how you project him to uh, turn out in you know, two, three years over the rest of his career. There's absolutely something to that. But you can't win a draft and you can't win a draft in the first round, but you can lose it. It's so valuable having the first overall pick, having the selection of anyone coming out of college where there is something to be said about upside and, you know, a future outlook. But at the same time, you can't waste that spot because of what you're giving up and essentially the opportunity cost of a guy who is a deadlock to be at the very worst role-player, starter, long-term answer for a position on your team, that a guy like Trayvon Walker, who looking at his, his career numbers at Georgia, has never had more than 37 tackles in a season. He had 15 as a freshman, 13 as a sophomore, and 37 as a junior. That's a pretty big jump, but at the same time, None of these numbers do anything to move the needle off the page. He had eight and a half, nine and a half career sacks over three years. He doesn't do anything, you know, exceptionally well that we've physically seen to really, in my mind, warrant a first overall pick. You want to take a risk on him at five or eight or 12, Absolutely, that's when you take guys like this. First overall pick with guys like Hey Eden Hutchinson there, um, Ikkyo Kwonu, you know, guys who are going to be superstars for... Uh, you know what? Fucking take Jordan Davis here. At least he is just an absolute game wrecker of a player that we've seen. Um, But the one final tweet that I had seen that I had sent to Josh that I really enjoyed having just... Summarizing this, PFF, we talked about them a lot. Love them, hate them, in between, however you feel. The highest graded college season over the last eight years for the number one overall picks. Jameis Winston, 93.9. Jared Goff, 92.4. Miles Garrett, 90.6. Baker Mayfield, 94.5. Kyler Murray, 94.6. Joe Burrow, 94.9, Trevor Lawrence, 91.1, and Trayvon Walker this year, 70.5. No matter how you feel about the, not the specifics, but the exactness of PFF grades and what they mean, that is a substantial statistical difference between him and literally anyone else shown uh, being a top pick. It's just, it's a lot to get over. So that's my piece with uh, Trayvon Walker at number one. Uh, I'm really happy for the Lions grabbing Aiden Hutchinson at number two. Hopefully it works out for the team. Everyone feels bad about being so awful for so long.
0: This is a, it's a weird pick for all the reasons that you've said, um, which are significantly more valid than the reasons I'm going to say. Um, but it's also just so odd because of the situation the Jaguars are in. Like, let's ignore the fact that um the, the 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 quality or the grade of um Trayvon Walker for a second, and let's just look at the position and where the Jaguars are right now. Mm-hmm. They're depraved, their roster is not good. And uh Trevor Lawrence probably didn't have the season he potentially could have had because of how uh, destitute that roster is. And it's wild, especially in contrast to what the Jets were able to do for Zach Wilson, which we'll obviously get to when we talk about the Jets. um, But it's wild to see the contrast between how those two teams in relatively similar positions addressed their team going forward. Both teams, lots of holes performed horribly this past season with rookie quarterbacks and they need to figure out the best way to structure a team around these, these rookie quarterbacks so they don't become squandered uh, or die on the battlefield and can actually put a championship level team around them. I'm not saying that the jets put a championship level team around them, a lot to be seen young guys, but they made steps in the right direction. Whereas this a defensive lineman, I, I, I mean, it's just conflict. if if you took the best defensive lineman, you put Aaron Donald on the Jaguars. How many more games did they win?
1: One, maybe two max.
0: So we're saying they win four, maybe five games next season. I, I mean, it, it makes no sense if the if the Jags were in a better position or maybe you view this as a as a a home runner bust swing here at one, maybe Trayvon Walker ends up being fantastic. Who the fuck knows? Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't, they're not in the position to do like this screams, this pick screams. We should have traded back. It screams. We should have traded back. Cause guess what? You probably should have gone with either a high defensive end or a wide receiver running back. No, not running back wide receiver or skill or offensive lineman something on the on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, maybe none of those would have been really a great first overall pick if you value that too high. So if Trayvon Walker is a pick that people view as a consensus number one and doesn't make your team better in the ways that you need it to be. I mean, I've seen some truly abysmal Jets teams with amazing interior defensive lines.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there was a have few Jets, years.
1: Have the Jets ever won a Super Bowl? One back in
0: 1969.
1: <laughs> How many uh, AFC championship games have they been to in the past uh, 15 years? Two. Okay. Yeah. How many of those would you credit to the defensive line?
0: Oh, the two that they went to? None. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even in recent years, when we Important had.
1: Important to have, for sure. but Right.
0: Because there were some years where the Jets had, like, uh, a shit, mediocre offense with, like, the Ryan Fitzpatrick years. We had, like, an okay offense, decent offense, horrible secondary, and then literally a top three um running and and uh, running defense um, be, mainly because of the interior defensive line. And it's like, guess what? We still lost a fuck ton of games. I, I mean, it, it was not a, 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 a great boost to the team and it's not going to make your quarterback any better. Uh, so I, obviously there's more draft picks here, but I, unless he's going to be the second coming of Aaron Donald and you can just have that in the back pocket, cool, but uh, even just from a positional standpoint, hey, maybe Corey and I are both wrong. We've been wrong about a lot of these players coming out of the draft. Um, sure have, we'll be the first to admit yeah. it, but this one is, um, I just odd.
1: But listen, yeah. anything we say between now and eternity, if we are proven wrong, you can't blame us. We're not professionals at this. We're two guys who bought USB microphones and just do this because it's what we did when we weren't living far apart. So let's just keep doing it. And we are. But
0: we well. are. We are. We're not good at this. There's a reason we're not being paid. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No one will ever pay us for this. Nor should
0: they? Uh, all right. So the second overall pick, because we would spent a lot of time on Trayvon Walker was to the Detroit Lions, the defensive end out of Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson. Corbin, how do you feel about our, our man Aiden going second overall here?
1: Oh, I love it. I mean, he's the guy that probably should have been number one. I think you know, getting a in-state kid to come back and and be the hallmark player for that defense that's going through a serious rebuild. I think that's a great fit. Great, uh, great pick.
0: Yeah, a slightly different situation. the The lines also very very bad. However. Their quarterback plays more in flux than the Jaguars right now. Like they can spend time rebuilding the defense while they're waiting to figure out what they want to do a quarterback, because right now it's still the, um, the ghost of uh, Jared Goff and they don't have a guy that they're investing heavily in like the Jaguars are with Trevor Lawrence. So Nice. All right, that brings us to the Texans, who take the first cornerback off the board. They take Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. Uh, Texans, I mean, a lot of the teams down here at the, up here at the top of the, the draft board, obviously in a bad shape. Uh, how do you feel about this for the Texans?
1: Um, if Derek Stingley, if they are confident, he's back 100%, great pick. Um, you know, I, I think him or Sauce Gardner would have been, fantastic picks if they wanted a corner. I think both of them are going to end up being fantastic NFL pros. Um, this just comes down to whether or not you think Derek Stingley can finish unlocking what he, the promise he showed as a freshman and throughout his career before getting hurt. Um, and he has, you know, serious, serious potential, just like sauce. Good pick. Why not? How
0: many, um, Total tackles do you think Derek Stingley has?
1: 69.
0: 73. Sauce Gardner, 99.
1: Yeah. How many years for each?
0: Three. Uh, Stingley would... has more tackles for loss. He's seven to Gardner's 5.5, although uh, Sauce has three and a half sacks as well, which is Hilarious. Um Derek Stingley has six interceptions, all of which came in his freshman year, to Gardner's nine interceptions, three each season. Uh Gardner also scored two touchdowns, whereas um Stingley has none, although that's very noisy stat. Uh, and then uh Stingley had two fumbles recovered as well as two fumbles forced, uh, whereas Sauce Gardner's stats column is empty in those categories. Interesting comparison. Just because they went back to back, yeah, Uh, yeah. I will say. uh, Sorry, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Gardner has five extra games in his career. Uh, Stingley played in fifteen, seven, and three games respectively. Gardner played in eleven, nine, and thirteen. So, Gardner's much more heavily weighted on those later, older seasons. Right.
0: Uh, So Derek Sloan Jr. went third, Ahmad Gardner, cornerback out of Cincinnati, ends up going fourth to the New York Jets. Um, I'll obviously be turning it over to you, but I am a fan. The Jets cornerback secondary situation has been hot, wet butt for years. It's just so upsetting to see a constant string of getting burned getting bad communication in the backfield and a litany of holding and defensive pass interference penalties because the cornerbacks can't keep up. And it's the same thing for wide receivers on the other side of the ball, where like, if you have a number one guy, the Mm -hmm. rest gets so much easier. Yes, it really like the the cascading effect of having a really effective number one guy, not even like a top three guy in the league, just an effective number one guy is so game changing. So a guy
1: that you can just leave alone, let him do his job when you worry about, you know, covering a a safety with, you know, um, basically bookending a guy on the other side of the field, that's where you worry about it. That's where you send the help, and just have one guy who could just take care of his own shit.
0: Right, right. I mean, it it, it just makes the game so much more simple for, uh, really. I, I guess partially the the X's and O's of it, and and uh, the communication part of it for the guys on the field when, when the roles can be a little bit more definite based on certain assumptions, and and the the uh, ability to line up talent accordingly. So I I'm a huge fan. I didn't realize I would be until it happened. Um, When corner when Corwin asked me positions the other day, the last episode, two episodes ago, cornerback was not top of mind for me. Um, But to see it happen, I am I'm thrilled. Great pick. I love it.
1: Yeah, I, I would have thought that it would have been uh just because of boy, it seems like the Jets just really need in their own minds to find a, an edge rusher. Um, I'm honestly glad they went with sauce because of how the rest of this draft turned out. But at the time, even looking back, it's like, all right, that's a great pick for them. He's such a good player. No, no, nothing to worry about either. Like there's no red flags.
0: Right. And, you know, and it's not even like the Jets need him to be the next Terrell Davis or any of that shit like that. Like, God, just a service, a good above serviceable level cornerback would be game changing for the Jets secondary. Game changing. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be talking about the Jets a lot more uh, two more times just here in the first round. So let's move on to another team we're going to be talking about a couple of times, times. That's the New York Giants. Who did draft Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive and out of Oregon? Um, were you expecting him to stay in the top five or be out of the top five? Like, is this.
1: I, where do you I thought this was going to be the absolute floor for Thibodeau. So uh, I definitely didn't see him. I didn't think that he would fall to five in the first place. I thought four would be his realistic floor. Um, but i don't think there was any way the the giants were going to pass him up unless 19 unless Texas they career? wanted their pick from offensive tackle which
0: that's disgusting
1: oh for sure he was i mean he was the number 1 overall recruit out of high school he's just one of those guys that's like he's been a freak his entire life and i was saying during the draft if you are like a top prospect at every level you've ever played the sport there is a very good chance you are just really good at it and are gonna continue being good at it.
0: I'm sorry, just, just just real quick. 84 solo solo tackles, 42 assisted, 126 total tackles, 35.5 of which were for a loss. So basically a quarter of all of his tackles are for a loss. Uh, 19 sacks and and seven passes defended with three forced fumbles. Uh, just that's fucking hilarious. Freak. Oh,
1: my God. He Disgusting. is the opposite of he is the opposite of Trayvon Walker. He's yeah. just like, yeah, I, looking at the stats page, no matter what.
0: I know it's just the stats page. And, you know, there's so much more that goes into scouting, especially with with, with college going into the NFL. But like, man, looking at these scouting, th- these uh, these stat pages, it is unbelievable that these two guys aren't flip flopped.
1: Yeah, but, wholeheartedly. Wow.
0: God damn. Uh, how do you how do you think this does for the Giants? Uh, this the yes, NFC a- East now, of which is uh, defensive end central.
1: Hmm. I think this is going to be a great first round for the Giants when they look back at it in however many years you want to put as the number.
0: Hopefully, not not very many for them. I'm sure that they would like to look back at this as a as, a as a winner immediately. Touche. The Giants have four quarterbacks on their roster so right now?
1: Um I feel like that's not terribly uncommon.
0: I guess it's not but it's still weird like to Like the Steelers
1: the Steelers have four on their roster right now. Like they're 90 man rosters uh I think already so. Yeah, like
0: 92 I think yeah. Yeah. Still just weird to see. Um but yeah, so he joins a, a room of Raymond Johnson the third, Nico Lalos, Jihad Ward, and Leonard Williams. Those are the other defensive wow. ends on the uh, on the team. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. 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 Wow.
1: Those are five names. I don't think I would have gotten three of. Daniel Jones, Brian Lewerke, Tyrod Taylor. Sorry, Tyrod Taylor, and Davis Webb.
0: Oh, for the quarterbacks. Yeah, right?
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: I completely missed the Tara Taylor thing, too. I did not realize uh, it was there.
1: I think they're just hoping that Taylor works his magic and by mystical powers of the universe, forces Daniel Jones to be the, the starting quarterback.
0: <sighs> Who even knows? Mm. Um, all right. Well, next up, we've got... Um, Carolina Panthers taking Ikem Ekwanu, the first offensive player to be taken in the draft so far here at number six. He was an offensive tackle out of NC State. Uh, Carolina Panthers in an odd position with their current trajectory of their team, but this seems like a pretty solid pick. It's ne- As we've said many times leading up to the draft, it's never a bad time to take an offensive lineman. So, uh, Corwin, what do you think of taking our man Ikem here?
1: Um, you know, I really thought this was going to be Malik Willis. Um, a lot of people did obviously was not Malik Willis who fell all the way to the third round. Um, which may be a talking point in the future. Just one of those things that really I don't know. I just don't know. Um, but I love this pick. Uh, I thought he was. In the conversation for the best overall player in the class, I just think he is just utterly dominant uh, and has an unbelievably high ceiling. Um, you watch him just play offensive line. and, And honestly, watching offensive line play is one of the most boring things you could possibly do. But he is just one of those maulers, one of those guys who just tosses people around. And it's just so satisfying to watch. Love watching him play football.
0: Hopefully this gives uh, Sam Darnold, I guess, a little bit of extra protection, helps smooth out some of his decision making and um, makes him a little bit better with a little bit less pressure. I assume that's one of their hopes, as well as having a little bit more stable of an offensive line unit as they head into a potential next quarterback. But we shall see. All right. uh, That brings us to the New York Giants once again, uh, as they are picking here at seven on behalf of the – well, as a result of a trade from the Chicago Bears as they take Evan Neal, offensive tackle, out of Alabama as the offensive pieces start falling. Um, Corbin, what do you think about pick number two here for the New York Gigantes?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is really just another best player available pick. You know, they had Kayvon fall to them. They kind of had a feeling, you know, Panthers are going to take a tackle if both of them are available. Hey, let's take the guy that – is a premier player at a position that's not nearly as deep. We'll let them take whatever tackle they want. We get the other guy cause he's pretty much just as good. So um, pretty good strategy for the giants. It worked out well for him. Um, yeah. Easy first round for them to have.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the big board did a lot of work for him. Their uh, current offensive line looks like some combination, unless I'm missing anybody of a, uh, Taylor Moten, Brady Christensen, uh, Aaron Montero, Austin Pleasance, uh, Ikema Kwanu. Oh, that's the Panthers. I was wondering why this didn't look right. Ah, uh, sorry. Hold on. Let me get the Giants. Damn it. Hold on. Hold on. Come on, Giants. All right. All right. All right. The Giants um, fucking offensive line group. Some combination of Matt Gano, Corey Cunningham, Deverly Hamilton, Roy Mbeteca, Evan Neal. Um, no one listed as right tackle. That's interesting. Andrew Thomas, Matt Pert, uh, and a bunch of guards. I'm not going to read all the names of. Uh, I yeah, it's imagine it room. will
1: be Andrew Thomas moving back to right tackle.
0: I would have to think the same. It's not like he's been fantastic where he has been.
1: So he hasn't been terrible.
0: He got better again, but still. he's the fifth highest paid player on the team. Damn. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, all right. So that brings us then to the Seattle Seahawks who got this pick from the Denver Broncos and they took at number nine, Charles Cross, offensive tackle out of Mississippi state. Uh, what are the Seahawks doing? Who knows?
1: The thing that they've never done previously ever. Uh, We also skipped the pick, but that's fine. We'll go back. We did. Uh, Oh, we skipped the
0: Falcons. I'm sorry. We'll get back to
1: the Falcons. The Seattle Seahawks are investing in their offensive line. Who would have thought? Not Russ. Not Russ is probably steaming. Wherever he is right now in Denver, smoking a fat blunt. Broncos didn't even have a first round pick. He's just steaming
0: hot and steamy yeah uh again never bad time to take an offensive tackle so all right good for you
1: it's it's a fine pick it's one of those like i don't think he's gonna be like the guy from this class i don't think he's gonna be you know a a, you know multiple year or multiple time all pro selection i think he's just gonna be one of those quiet steady starters at left tackle for like 8 9 years and then
0: which is perfect. And
1: answer, answers a question and you just don't have to think about it and then that's all he needs to be. I'm yeah, there you go. Sometimes those are just the best picks.
0: Yeah, I mean the Jets had two of them for like 10 years in Depricshaw Ferguson and Nick Mangle. Those two Ferguson. dudes just showed up, did their job and never missed a snap. I mean I think they both had a Pro Bowl, maybe an All Pro in there like once or twice. And outside of that, we're just like steady Eddie holding it down on the O line for like a solid decade. So, yeah, I got it. Sometimes those picks, that's all you need them to be. But uh, just go back to the pick that we skipped Atlanta Falcons take Drew London, wide receiver out of USC. I don't know who this man is. Tell me if he's good. Uh, he's fine. Wow, that is a scathing indictment for the youth overall pick.
1: Oh, I thought you were still asking about Charles Cross. Um, I like Drake London, I thought he's a very good big bodied wide receiver. We talked about him in the draft about go- him going to the Jets at 10. 6'5,
0: um, 10 Big body, brothers. yeah,
1: monster. Um, yeah, it's a big guy, you know. I don't know exactly how tall Julio Jones was, but he was very tall. And he what? was very good at what he did. And uh, you know what? I think uh, I think he'll do nicely. I don't know who's going to throw him the ball. And you know what? There's nobody else there other than Kyle Pitts to catch balls. Uh, Julio Jones was six, three.
0: keep saying was he still is six, three.
1: Well. Touche.
0: He is currently <laughs> walking around in life as six, three.
1: Touche. Um, but yeah. Falcons fucking needed a wide receiver, especially since Calvin Ridley is gone for a while. Um, But yeah, fine pick. Totally good. Way to go.
0: The Falcons currently have three quarterbacks on their roster. Can you name any of them?
1: Marcus Mariota. That's one. Um, Mariota, Josh Rosen. Nope. Really? I don't believe you. Um, I'm
0: looking at their spot (laughs) track thing right now
1: um and fuck oh uh felipe Fra- felipe franks
0: felipe franks yep there's one more
1: um felipe uh, franks younger... whose
0: cap hit is $5000 that's hilarious
1: that's that i refuse to believe but okay i'm looking um,
0: right at it $5000 yo is... i could spot this man
1: is <laughs> Um, is it like an older guy, younger guy? Am I ever going to get this?
0: I I have to look him up. So hold on <laughs> so I can get you this answer. Oh man. He didn't even come up when I put him. He must've just gotten drafted then.
1: Is it the guy they just drafted this year?
0: Ye- yes. Has is to it, be. Yeah. So Desmond Ritter? Desmond Ritter.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, that's I it. don't know why I didn't think of him first, but whatever, yeah.
0: So, yeah, wow, well, I don't know who's gonna be throwing him the ball. Oh, <laughs> well, that's not good,
1: honestly. I think it's a pretty good chance that it's their like third round pick, Desmond Ritter.
0: Go off, man, they have a ball out there, yeah. Yeesh.
1: I anyway. listen, I will support Marcus Mariota forever and always, but. Yeah, I I think at this point in his career, there is nothing moving the needle for him in the NFL anymore. Uh, Sorry.
0: All right, well, let's go to the teams that matter again as we go down to pick 10, closing out the top 10, then we'll try to move a little quicker after this. Uh, The New York Jets, their second pick in the draft, Uh, this one coming from the Seattle Seahawks. They took wide receiver Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. which is exciting as a Jets fan uh, because God damn it. I, this was one of the, the two positions I mentioned. I did desperately want them to take because it feels like the Jets haven't had a real number one wide receiver since the 2015 campaign of um, fucking. Oh my God. Brandon Marshall, like, Brandon Marshall. Thank you, Eric Decker. No, Brandon Marshall. Um, which like, that was a great season. That was a great season. It was one season, one time, and it never happened again. So I am so desperately looking forward to the prospect of having a real number one guy again. And again, like I just said with the cornerback thing, doesn't have to be the next Daryl Rebus. doesn't have to be a top three guy. A top 15 guy would be a huge improvement for the Jets. Huge. I mean, like game changer for the Jets, especially with a rookie quarterback who, who I has a, a lot of arm and not a lot of um, range from his receivers to receive it. So if you could throw some more jump balls up there, thrilled. Thrilled.
1: Yeah, I mean, Garrett, Garrett Wilson is a tremendous guy. Cooked Penn State fairly often. Um, probably the best all-around wide receiver in this class. I think he's going to be one of those just go out does everything runs crisp routes, catches the ball, you know, excels down the field, yards after the catch. Like anything you need him to do, he's going to be able to do.
0: I want an um, extra crispy route runner,
1: crispy, crispy extra
0: crispy, crispy route runner. Crispy. I mean, God with bless. a rookie quarterback, this is what you fucking want, man. Like you want that guy. You need a guy who can be that guy. This guy could be that guy.
1: This guy could be that guy.
0: There you go. Guy talk. Hell yeah. I'm excited about it. Very excited about it. So, all right, let's move a little bit quicker. Uh, so that brings us then. Just so staying on the offensive side of the ball after going straight defense for the first um, five picks. We're going offense heavy. Another wide receiver up the board. New Orleans Saints take Chris Olave, wide receiver also from Ohio State. Uh, what do you think about this for New Orleans?
1: Um, I think it's funny that uh, these two guys went back to back after how much debate there was between the two of them. Um, I don't think Olave is quite as good of a receiver, and I don't think he's quite worth going in the top half of the first round, let alone 11. Uh, And then I think the biggest issue here is, God, they gave up so fucking much to be able to draft him. Before they even were able to draft him. Um, Let me pull up the right tweet. So the Saints traded picks 18, 80, 98, 101, 120, 237. Stop. A 2023 first and sixth round pick.
0: How did I miss this trade? Oh, my God.
1: This is this is the culmination of like two or three different trades. Okay. The twenty fourth, twenty twenty fourth second round pick, and a twenty twenty 6th round pick that was forfeited due to some shit. I did not look into the details, and I won't. In exchange for the eleventh and nineteenth overall pick this year, the one hundred and ninety fourth overall pick, and Bradley Roby. Fuck you. Okay, thank you. That's a lot. That is a whole lot. I
0: hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate that you told me it happened.
1: That is a lot. I mean, look. It needs
0: to be the second coming of Randy Moss.
1: There are two first round picks that they got this year a wide receiver, and spoiler alert, uh, an offensive tackle. The first round pick that they gave up this year was also a wide receiver. So that'll be fun to see how those two guys develop and and what it comes down to. But holy shit, that is so much value leaving. I I
0: don't like it.
1: I don't like it either. Of course, we're going to have to just wait and see because, again, we're stupid. But holy shit, like that's, I don't think that is the recipe for success. And the Saints have been doing it for a while. They're not, they're not ones to shy away from just sending away all of the value they have for a top overall pick, whether it be here, whether it was like two and a half, two, two, and a half, two or three years ago with, um, like a small school defensive end that never really amounted to much or trading their entire draft class for Ricky Williams. But
0: I mean, this is the type we'll of shit see. you'd see from like a rookie guy in like a dynasty fantasy league.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? Like here, you're take like all of my second and third round picks. Yeah. Right. For- like I
0: don't understand how much value is in the non first round picks. So just fucking take them, you know, like,
1: uh, oh, Ooh, that that's a scary, scarily accurate um, uh, analogy.
0: I mean, this is because even if the guy works out, which, you know, hey, he really might. But I mean, that's so because ma- you got to think it's not even just who could have been in terms of the players. It's also the money. Because if you can't draft the players, you have to go acquire them in free agency mm-hmm. to just fill the roster. That's one of the other things that makes the draft what it is in terms of the function um, that it serves within within NFL payroll is it is right or wrong, uh, probably wrong, but it is a wage suppressant so that teams can stay within a certain range for their for their salary, for their payroll. And if you don't participate in it, and have to address all of your positional groups um, to e- even a, a greater percentage in free agency, you will be spending more money to get mm-hmm. the same level of production, if not worse. Rarely ever is it higher. So, I mean, not the way to run a team, guys. <laughs> and guess what? If I was the owner of the Saints, bad job. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be pretty mad. If I was the owner of the Saints, I'd go down there what the fuck y'all doing with my football team? Because I assume everyone down in New Orleans talks like um, uh, the rooster from Looney Tunes. I say, I say, I say, boy, you done fucked up now. What's his name? I don't
1: know much about him, but I feel like I remember him being like a really racist asshole.
0: Well, it's New Orleans and it's the owner of a football team. So I'd assume so. What's what's Foghorn Leghorn. There we go.
1: Gail Benson.
0: Oh, Gail. Guys with the first name Gail. Racist 100% of the time.
1: Not a guy. No? Yeah. Gail. uh, Following the death of her husband, Tom Benson, she became the principal owner of the Saints in 2018. Interesting.
0: All right. Well, just take my my foghorn leghorn impression and make it a woman's voice. I say, I say, I say, boy. Uh, it just sounds bad. All right, I'm I'm done. Anyway, uh, oh god, that's just awful. I I'm gonna have nightmares about that draft, and it's not even affecting Oof. my team. Whatever. Uh, third third wide receiver straight in a in a slew of wide receiver picks. Our oh. um. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh straight offensive player taken after a run of five offensive play or uh, defensive players. Detroit yep. Lions take wide receiver Jamison Williams out of Alabama. Uh, sure.
1: What do you think? Uh, I think he's also in the conversation for the top wide receiver in the draft. He's got that just wow factor, that X factor, that that dog in him. game. He's got that game-breaking X factor like you'd see in Madden. Um, I think it's huge for the Lions, who in all likelihood got the top defensive end and wide receiver on their board, or at least that's absolutely what they'll tell us. Um, I definitely think that although – The team he is ending up going to may not be the best. Having the best overall career out of any of these guys. um, We'll see. But regardless, um, love this for the Lions. Definitely feels a a position of need and just letting this draft fall to them.
0: So it's a really interesting one, two, three kind of going here because it feels like every guy has succeeded in like a slightly different way.
1: And what's even better? is Jamison Williams transferred this year to Alabama from Ohio State.
0: State. Yeah, I see it. Um, Obviously, because he felt like he wasn't getting the playing time, which certainly showed because uh, his sophomore year in Ohio State, he had nine receptions for 154 yards in six games. And then at Alabama, he played in 15 games at 79 receptions for 1,572 yards. Um, He had three touchdowns at Ohio State in two years. He had 15 in his one season in Alabama. Uh, and so he really, really produced when he got to to Bama. Not much production before that, but obviously because he was getting log jammed a little bit. Whereas you have Chris Olave, who played freshman all the way through senior year, so he has the most volume in his stats, um, because he has the most time played. Really, um, I I don't really know what else to make of his page off the jump. Just that the the numbers are significantly higher, uh, and then. It's like uh, Garrett Wilson had a relatively similar, much larger final junior year, much like Jamison Williams did, although a little bit less top heavy, but he had much more production in his freshman and sophomore years. So it's like every guy had a role, but they had like different, um, different production levels and different areas of production as they moved throughout the Ohio State and Alabama system. Really interesting to see how these guys um, shake out. Yeah. Who do you think has the best uh, next five years ahead of them?
1: Out of those three guys or the four Basically, guys we've seen so far?
0: Out of these three guys specifically, based on the teams that the, that drafted them?
1: Um, It's tough because there's so many question marks at wide receiver and quarterback for each of these teams, like, Each of these three guys are going to be their team's number one wide receiver. I mean, Chris Olave is probably going to overtake Michael uh, Thomas in the next two, three years, mostly because I don't see Michael Thomas staying in uh, New Orleans that long. Jamison Williams might be the number one guy for the Lions day one. Garrett Wilson is really not going to have, I think, much of a fight with um, the two guys that in the Jets room so far, Corey Davis and uh, the guy Elijah from Ole Miss. Moore. Elijah Moore. Uh, thank you. Um, but Garrett Wilson's going to have Zach Wilson. Chris Olave is going to have Jameson Williams. Jameson Winston?
0: Jameson Winston. James Winston. James Winston.
1: Jameson and, Winston. Jameson uh, <laughs> Winston. Jameson Williams is going to have um, Jared Goff. Too many of these names of those, are similar. I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, None of those guys are, like, really superstar wide receiver Quarterbacks. <laughs> you know Jameis Winston can throw the ball, and he will throw the ball a fucking ton. That helps for Chris Olave. Zach Wilson, young top pick. That is huge for, you know, if he can break out, and Garrett Wilson is the guy there, guess what? That's great for his value. And we don't know what the cards hold for the Lions in the future, but even now, Jared Goff's not a slouch, at quarterback. So I, as much as these guys were similar in college and were of similar skill levels in college, and especially at Ohio State, I think their production in the next five years is going to be roughly similar. Uh, I refute I'll this put narrative. Jameson Williams, I'll put his name down.
0: Uh, I'm I'm going to say that uh, Garrett Wilson becomes the second coming of uh, uh, Jerry Rice, and um, all of it for the Jets, and wins nine straight Super Bowls, and the other two guys have very lovely little little for careers. Nine. Because eventually the NFL is going to say stop, 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 please no more. Other teams have. We can't keep to having these
1: AFC East dynasties. It's not allowed.
0: We 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 let Tom terrific do it and almost broke the sport. You have you have to stop. Um, the Jets fans are too rowdy. We've already burned down Lower Manhattan. Um, we can't let this keep going. Everyone will have to move to like Queens, So that's just no good for anybody. Sorry, fuck you, Queens. I don't know. No, no, no. Out boroughs, unite. Yeah, Manhattan's the worst. Well, yeah. Everyone knows it's BX all day. Anyway, uh, yeah. Again, it'll be interesting. Keeping it moving, though, because we can't get sidetracked. The Eagles take at 13. Jordan Davis, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Corbin, quick thought. What do you think?
1: Uh, Might be my favorite pick in the first round, uh, mostly because Jordan Davis was, you know, my guy. I think he's going to be a perennial, all-pro caliber game wrecker. I like that he's, you know, coming to Pennsylvania, great state. And most of all, I like that it prevented the Baltimore Ravens from taking him because I would have been heartbroken. I would have started, you know, hyperventilating. I would have panic attacks every time I saw him in that purple and black on the other side of the field from the Steelers QB to be named later. Um, I just, I am glad they prevented him uh, from going to the only team in the league. I care about beating
0: a lot of those symptoms sound like your day to day already, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I am, I am just perpetually scared of Jordan Davis appearing in my life at some point.
0: God, the, the NFC East, man, it, it's, it, eventually you guys have to draft non-defensive ends and defensive tackles. You ha- guys have to draft other positions. This is not the arms race you think it is. Yes. The NFC East is going to become basically like, let's bring back uh, enforcers, but for the NFL. We'll have guys whose job it is. is just like knock some teeth out and break some legs. And uh, oh boy, we'll just they win a war of attrition. In the
1: NFL. Oh.
0: Oh. They now they shouldn't allow fights, but they do need to lay off on the celebration stuff. Let people be happy that they did good things. But whatever. Um, Different conversation for a different day. The Baltimore Ravens then in kind took Kyle Hamilton. I think the first safety off the board from Notre Dame. How do you feel about this for your boys in purple?
1: Um, I think this is one of like the three or four guys that were in contention for the top overall player in the draft. It just so happens that he plays a non-premium position, which caused him to fall to the Ravens. So I hate this pick. It's a shitty pick. I hate it. I wish they didn't make it. Um I'm upset that it happened, and I'm upset that a guy who's that good just happens to fall in the lap of the Baltimore Ravens. Bullshit. Mm, Their entire entire draft strategy was just, hey, we're going to take whatever just awesome players on the board at our pick. We're not going to reach. We're not going to draft for needs. We're going to see what happens, and I hate it.
0: (laughs) With any luck, maybe he turns out like Jamal Adams.
1: no cuz then they trade him for a boatload of picks.
0: Yeah, and then they get much better. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why that would be a problem for you. Uh the Houston Texans end up taking with these 15th overall pick in the draft, Kenyon Green guard out of Texas A&M. Uh how do you feel about a another offensive piece for the Texans? I said another. They took a cornerback with the first pick that they had, but an offensive piece for the
1: Texans. Yes. Um hey Texans, they need help everywhere. Kenyon Green, really good player. I don't know if this is the spot to be taking interior offensive linemen that, I don't know, I'm not a fucking scout. I don't fucking know if this guy is like a superstar offensive guard. I wouldn't know if there was one standing in front of me. But if this is where you think the value is in the first round, go for it.
0: Yeah, maybe it's just a BPA pick. I mean, the Texans are also in a spot where it's like your team's full of holes and you have no immediate path forward because you have no quarterback situation. And it's impossible to have an immediate path forward without a quarterback situation figured out. So just take who's good and figure that out down the road. Perfectly reasonable thing to do. Better than just trying to force it. Yep. All right. That brings us to the... Washington Commanders, who take with the 16th overall pick Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Pennsylvania State University. Uh, Corwin, as a Penn State fan and a longtime lover of the Washington Commanders, please tell me about this pick.
1: Oh, man, I'm upset that it was the Commanders to some extent, but really, I'm just so happy to see Jahan Dotson go in the top half of the first round. Um, I don't think this is going to be a guy that lets this pick down i think he fully lives up to the potential here lives up to the value that the commanders are assigning to him um i think he's going to be one of those guys especially um to pair up with insert name of pro bowl wide receiver for the washington commanders that's on the tip of my tongue and brain's just not working today please help me um Who are you
0: trying to think of
1: uh McLaurin Terry McLaren. I think McLaren's going to be an alpha dog here on out I think Jahan Dotson could be honestly one of the the best number two wide receiver in the game I think it's going to fit so well with what that team needs just a guy who you can toss up just catch the ball anywhere within his radius glue for hands crisp route runner um, I think it's going to be a great pick for them
0: All right, that brings us to the Los Angeles Chargers taking Zion Johnson, another guard, this time out of Boston College. Um, What do you make of this for the Chargers?
1: You know, I just talked a little bit of shit on uh, the Texans for taking a guard here, but when it comes to Justin Herbert and the fact that this team really doesn't have glaring holes They just need to protect uh, Justin Herbert from a division that seemingly has every game-breaking pass rusher in the league. Getting a dominant offensive lineman is probably a really, really good idea.
0: Yeah, uh, this is, again, a good situation for a little bit of BPA and a little bit of situational, uh, not situational drafting, but, but, you know, making
1: it making the the best of what you got here
0: right right because yeah like the chargers are a pretty pretty good team should be a playoff team have struggled with that part of the things the last couple years so they don't have super bad things holding them down like there's not like oh my god they uh Bad cornerback, bad defensive ends, bad whatever. It's like everything needs marginal upgrades here. And with a quarterback that's still young, you want to make sure is able to live a long and healthy life. Offensive tackle is usually a good thing. So, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, Tennessee Titans take Traylon Burks, wide receiver, out of Arkansas, eighteenth uh,
1: I mean they they traded this. <sighs> The Eagles had this pick. They traded to the Tennessee Titans in exchange for A.J. Brown. That trade in and of itself is a major win for the Philadelphia Eagles because they get a guy in A.J. Brown. Um, and then the Texans, who by all means, didn't have a ton of leverage. He wanted out. He needed a contract. So they just happen to draft who is essentially the next A.J. Brown. Um, I mean, Traylon Burks pretty much fills the mold of what A.J. Brown is to a T. He's a guy with great deep threat ability. He can work over the middle, work short, and just eat up the yards after the catch. He's big bodied. He's just powerful all over the field. He's A.J. Brown. So... If you were going to move A.J., this is the guy to do it for. I don't think you can consider it a loss. It, it's a fun player. Uh, I know the NFL Network had him as the number one wide receiver on their board. A lot of guys did preseason and, and you know, opening up uh, draft season, and he kind of fell down the board because of uh, athletic testing and things like that, but at the end of the day, this is one of those classes where there's like six guys who could all be Pro Bowl wide receivers, and he's one of them. So, good good use of the situation for the Titans. I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, it may, it makes sense for both parties. For, on the Eagles' side of things, I'm sure that they want a little more of a of a of a proven quantity at wide receiver to help them understand where. Oh, fuck, is it Jalen Hurts right? For the Titans or the, uh, the, Eagles? the Eagles, right? Yes. Jalen Hurts. I, I, yes. I'm bad with names. Okay. So having it be a little bit more certain of what Jalen Hurts is would involve removing some variables and knowing who AJ Brown is, you know, having an understanding of his capabilities at wide receiver, the, the level of talent that he is makes that assessment a little bit easier than going forward with a rookie. Not that a rookie would have been bad. Obviously, you know, the uh, Titans were comfortable trading, Away, way AJ Brown essentially in place for Traylon Burks is because they also think that he is good, but it makes life a little bit easier on the Eagles for their determination of their current talent on the roster. And it also show that the Titans are not in a position where losing a wide receiver or taking a gamble on this wide receiver transfer essentially uh, would put them in a terrible position because of the way that their roster is built. They don't, Ask Tannehill to do too much most games and rely more on their run game, good coaching, and defense. So to take a little bit of a gamble here isn't the worst thing in the world for them to do, especially if it can save them some money, which I'm sure also does, which will give them a little bit more flexibility down the road. So really interesting uh, kind of study of opportunity cost, really. Um and talent assessment going forward. So, interesting trade. Uh, seemingly a really good pick for the Titans that will probably work out for them overall. Uh, and that brings us to uh, another pick that the Eagles traded away. They traded away a lot. The Eagles are mentioned in picks traded away um, one, two, three, four times in the top 20 picks, including one of their own actual, actually excluding one of their own actual picks five times, and the top 20 picks are the Philadelphia Eagles. That's kind of weird, right?
1: That's the Howie experience. Yes, it is.
0: Okay. Uh, Anyway, so the Saints, they drafted a second time. They took Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, out of northern Iowa.
1: Sure. Um, The guy is a mauler at offensive tackle. I like the pick, arguably. Um, Again, this goes back to goes back to the discussion about how much value they gave up for these picks versus what they got in return. That being said, this fills a a big need for them. And for reference, this guy was the talk of the town during the Senior Bowl for being too violent against defensive tackles and defensive linemen when he was up in drills against them, throwing it to the ground, tossing him around, basically just being an absolute badass motherfucker. I'll say it. Um, so I think he's uh I think he's a good guy to have in uh in your locker room. I like it.
0: Nice. That brings us to the pick I've been waiting for to talk about. A pick I'm sure we're gonna spend a relatively decent Ugh. amount of time on. Yeah. Pick number 20. And pick number 20 is unique to this podcast or special to this podcast because it's this Pittsburgh Steelers pick. And the Pittsburgh Steelers is Corwin's favorite team and the Pittsburgh Steelers took Kenny Pickett quarterback out of Pittsburgh. And what's funny about that is that Pittsburgh is one of Corwin's least favorite football teams. Yeah. And Kenny Pickett played for that team with very tiny hands and is now the quarterback of Corwin's favorite team.
1: It's we always spend the most amount of time talking about the Jets and the Steelers. We spent they a lot of managers. time talking about the Jets last year because they took a quarterback. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Steelers this year because they took a quarterback. Lay it on me. Oh, boy. Malik Willis was here. I would have loved Malik Willis. I would be the happiest man in all of New Jersey if the Pittsburgh Steelers selected Malik Willis. Not because but I did think they? Malik. They did not. Oh, okay, okay. Not because I you know, am the smartest guy in New Jersey and I know that Malik Willis is going to work out. Just because I liked Malik Willis a whole lot. He had so much upside. He has such a strong arm. He could run the ball so well. He is a glowing personality with nothing close to a red flag. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett does. I just think Malik Willis was the best possible quarterback the Steelers could get in what seems to be their very, very standard pick range that they are always seemingly in. And he was there. And instead we took Kenny Pickett, which I'll focus on the negatives first. Then I'll go all in on why this is probably still going to be a pretty good pick. Blah, 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 all that. If we look at the quarterbacks of the last three, four years that have broken out and made significant improvements to their team and have caused their team to really take a jump into what is now the upper echelons of Super Bowl contention, it's guys who have intense physical traits, immense upside and offensive coaching and front offices that are willing to form around their players and fit their strengths. We've seen it with Patrick Mahomes. We've seen it with Lamar Jackson. We've seen it with Josh Allen. We've seen it with Justin Herbert. It's all of these guys who are athletically amazing at playing football that really just needed to ensure they go into a system that works best for them and fits to their strengths and allows them to grow into those athletic attributes and make them these superstar quarterbacks. Malik Willis wasn't a perfect prospect, but he had everything you needed to have to be a upper echelon quarterback. And I think offensive systems aside, The Steelers are a good enough front office to know they need to build around them and need to do whatever they need to do to give Malik Willis the resources to succeed. And I think that he would have had both the leeway and the basis of uh, being able to learn without the pressure of being something right away where he could have grown into that, taken the reins and just ran with it. They have a good running game. They have good wide receivers. They have a very good head coach. They have all the pieces in place for this to work. They have a quarterback that's signed on to be the kind of bridge guy. And instead, they went with the safe, comfortable, easy pick. Not that that's necessarily the wrong pick. Not that it's a bad pick. I just, I saw this on Twitter, and I think it's the phrase that fits best. Scared money doesn't make money. I don't think Kenny Pickett is going to be a superstar quarterback. I don't think he's necessarily incapable of being a superstar quarterback. I just think that there is a physical limit to what he will be able to do on offense. I am really excited to see him take the reins and think his way around the field. His instincts are tremendous. They called him cerebral at the position, which would be fantastic to have. We know he can throw the ball downfield. We know he can have accuracy on different platforms. The 38 fumbles in his career at quarterback are very scary because he does have tiny little baby hands. I just, I shouldn't be upset by this pick. It's just not instilling the hope that I was hoping to have from this draft that I really would have loved to have. But at the same time, this is a guy that Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator recruited out of high school to come to pit. He's a guy that has been in the Steelers facility for the past four years. You know, they've seen this guy play football for five straight seasons They know what they're getting. They know who they were going to pick. They had all the information they needed to make this pick, and they did it. I should have faith in this front office. I will have faith in this front office. I will put my love and support behind Kenny Pickett. But if Malik Willis turns into a really good quarterback, I'm going to be sad.
0: What? Is the worst that you would accept to call a good season from Kenny Pickett if he's the starter this year?
1: If he's the starter, if he has more touchdowns than interceptions, and if he passes for 3,000 yards, if he's over 220 a game, maybe 225, what does that average out to? I don't know. I was looking at something else. That's 3,600. So 3,500 yards, I think, would be a really good season for Kenny Pickett. But you're asking the worst that I would accept?
0: The worst you would accept is still being a good season.
1: I'll say 3,000 yards then. I'll stick with the original answer.
0: So it, like 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Is that okay for you?
1: I would be. I would be content with that season, yep. Okay. We know we're going to run the ball. I I don't think we're going to get crazy with any you know deep balls early on. I think it's going to be a very you know arguably Big Ben type season from the past two three years where it's we'll take our shots downfield when they're there. Otherwise, we're going to dink and dunk and not make any big changes. Let them pick it up in front of them. Take what you can.
0: Who was the last quarterback selected by the Steelers in the first round?
1: Ben Roethlisberger.
0: Yeah, ain't that some shit?
1: You mean we haven't we years. haven't we haven't drafted a quarterback in the first round while we've had a Hall of Fame quarterback as our starter in the past 18 years?
0: I mean, honestly, though, yeah, dude, 18 years is a long motherfucking time.
1: I get it. I totally get it. But it's like it's not like there's been anyone else at quarterback like the guy that we last took is the guy he's directly replacing. It's not like there's been a a gap.
0: No, I I know. But I'm saying at some point you might go like, oh, man, he's really getting old. And we take a new guy And like the Packers took Jordan Love three years ago. It's not outrageous.
1: I know. It's just we've also really shit on the Packers for doing that because you shouldn't I know.
0: I know, but at the same time, like, it's not wild to think that a team would do that. Yes. Because the Packers did, and the Packers are not run super duper well, but they did. Who was the last first round quarterback that the Steelers took before Ben Roethlisberger?
1: Oh, man. Um, Guys I weren't alive for. Uh, Tommy Maddox, was he a first round pick? He's um, not who I have listed here. Uh, that the Steelers specifically took. Um, Steelers
0: first round quarterback. I don't, I don't prior know. Prior to Ben Rollins- Terry
1: Carter. Bradshaw.
0: <laughs> no, but he is the next one after this guy.
1: <laughs> who is it?
0: Mark Malone.
1: I don't know who that is.
0: <laughs> Taken in the 1980 draft. Pick number 28.
1: I don't know who that person is. Yep. Yeah. 1980 and then 2004.
0: So 1970, Terry Bradshaw, what? the first overall pick in the draft, which the Steelers have not had a lot of. So yeah, no. Terry Bradshaw, 1970, 1980, some man named Mark Malone, who sounds like a a, a noir detective from the 40s. And then 2004, <laughs> Twenty-four years later, uh, yeah. All right, ben Given,
1: and then eighteen, 18 years, years after that, eighteen years with Ben Roethlisberger is nothing compared to twenty-four years with the fucking schmucks that the Steelers had a quarterback before him.
0: You know what's even more wild, though? It's not more wild, actually. That's a lie. But you know what else is wild in terms of just gap? Who was the Patriots' last first-round quarterback before Mac Jones?
1: Oh, God. I feel like we just asked this. Was it Drew Bledsoe?
0: It was Drew Bledsoe in 1993. Yeah. Now, obviously, Tom Brady you know, has been there, and so they haven't needed a quarterback also. Was, was he a first That's
1: almost. Was Did he not go, like, one overall?
0: Tom Brady was actually Mr. Irrelevant in that draft. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's almost 30 years. That's almost 30 fucking yeah. years without taking a, a quarterback in the first round. Just oh, I fucking it. hate it. I know. Me too. All right, but moving on, Kansas City Chiefs. you have more to say about this? Can
1: we can we just take a quick break here? I'm going to piss myself.
0: All right, pick number twenty one, Kansas City Chiefs. Trent McDuffie, a hilarious name for a cornerback out of Washington. Imagine your route gets stuffed by a man named Trent McDuffie. You got stuffed um, by McDuff.
1: I am just honestly shocked this man is not white. His parents what on that name. No,
0: that man's not white. <laughs> He's got the whitest name in, in the NFL. Yeah. McDuffie? Trent? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. And you're 5'11"? Oof.
1: It has bigger hands than my boy, Kenny Pickett.
0: Uh, What do you think about this pick uh, here at number 21 for the Chiefs?
1: Uh, I thought it is a a really good pick. It's a value pick. Trent McDuffie is a guy who probably could have gone in the teens, probably the the third best cornerback here behind um, uh, Sauce and Stingley. Um, I think this is just one of those picks where the Chiefs don't have really any Big holes. Um, hmm. So they have the value to just, or they, they have the opportunity to just take whatever really good player falls to them and not have to worry about it too much.
0: Yeah, um, I don't give a fuck with the Chiefs, dude. They're good and I don't care. Uh, the Packers took linebacker Quay Walker out of Georgia at 22. What do you think about uh, which is just hilarious? because uh, The Packers just traded away. Their best wide receiver, and all, and all Aaron Rodgers asks for is for them to take wide receivers, and they took a fucking linebacker. But well, what uh, do you think?
1: They took two guys in the defensive front seven in their first round.
0: I know, I know, I know. I on, uh, it's amazing.
1: There's no wide receiver here on the board that would really make a ton of sense to reach on in the first round. But that's like the only hole you have to fill. I just, I don't, the fact that they had two first round picks that they saw that all of these guys were shooting off the board and they still were like, no, we're going to wait. We're going to see if anyone falls to us. We're good. We'll wait right here. I get that everyone was gone by 18, but yeah, I mean, Quay Walker, he's a good linebacker. Believe me, he is. It's just, it comes down to to value and it's sure. He could be a a pretty good starter for you. He's not going to be, you know, it's not like he's a really, really good linebacker prospect. He's an inside linebacker. That's not the craziest value in the world. That's not the greatest value in the world. I, I don't like the pick. I really don't. I think there is better value on the board.
0: Uh, it's, and uh, again, positionally, it's just wild based on team need, but whatever, man. God damn. So that brings us to the Buffalo Bills, who take Kair Alam, cornerback out of Florida. Um, the Bills have had an insanely potent offense. And Showed it off in the playoffs this past year, only losing out because they gave up more points than they put on the board. So, going defense seems to make sense. Corin, <laughs> what do you think here?
1: Um, I think this is a fine pick. Uh, they had some some room there for improvement at cornerback. Um, I think it's one of those, another one of those scenes where it's like, hey, we can afford to just take whatever guys we need here we go here's a good player the values there that he fits our board fits a need cool let's take it simple easy pick nothing crazy to say
0: all right well then let's move it on down to 24 Dallas Cowboys took offensive tackle Tyler Smith out of
1: Tulsa uh it's been talked about about This guy probably wasn't the value that you would hope for in the first round. He was definitely projected to be a day two kind of guy. Also probably wouldn't have been there for the Cowboys later on. I just guys who are new to the position are, you know, big projections, not the kind of guys I really want to be reaching on a full round too early. But at the same time, it's the Cowboys, and they seem to do very well when drafting offensive linemen. So I'm going to give this one the benefit of the doubt. Uh,
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. They seem to just take offensive linemen and turn them into fucking gold. So uh, Baltimore Ravens take Tyler Linderbaum center out of Iowa. What do you think about this for your favorite team?
1: Uh, again, just want to reiterate the fact that the Ravens entire strategy is just taking, Hey, let's just take the far and away best player on the board. We'll figure out positional needs other ways. We just need value here. And that's what they did. Uh, they took a guy who was probably in the top 10 of pound for pound value who plays a non-valued position. Uh, the first sentence of his uh, scouting report right here is the savvy technician from Iowa lacks prototypical dimensions, but his game is pretty flawless between the lines.
0: Who was this written by?
1: I don't know, some intern. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who could easily be a consistent Pro Bowl starter for the next 10, 15 years. And at pick 25, yeah, that's about as good as you can do. And it's just an easy pick for them to make. I mean, what the fuck?
0: Uh, that brings us to pick number 26. The New York Jets take traded up to get back into the first round to take Jermaine Johnson, the second defensive end out of Florida State. Uh, love it. Love it so much. Very happy man over here. I Yeah, love it.
1: Definitely the biggest surprise fall of the first round was often often suggested to go in the top 10 picks. The Jets themselves said that they were able to grab three players in this draft, all within their top eight ranked guys. That's pretty exceptional. Um, I mean, if you're talking first round alone and just the value of the first round, this is far and away the easiest draft to just say, yeah, that they knocked it out of the fucking park. This could by all means be a franchise changing draft with the guys that they got early. Those are three plus starters for them this season. Um not not anything negative to say here. It's just pretty spectacular.
0: It's just so exciting because all three of these guys are going to be real difference playmakers that you're going to notice right off the jump. Like an Arguably line.
1: the three most important positions on the field outside of quarterback.
0: Right. And that's the thing is like taking like Makai Becton, who I know was hurt this past season, but even if he's like cooking, you're never going to really notice it unless there's a a play where he absolutely pancakes somebody, but you're going to notice all the plays where your defensive end, where your star defensive end steps up. You're going to notice the plays where your star cornerback steps up, your star wide receiver steps up. You know what I mean? Like those are going to be so immediate impact and be able to be judged so much more neatly than some of the positions like an interior defensive lineman or like a left tackle where it's slightly more abstract, depending on like how often you got double teamed or, you know, whatever. Uh, How long does your quarterback hold the ball for stuff like that? So I am so excited with this draft, but we'll get into it more.
1: I mean, in the last five drafts, they have completely solidified the five most important positions on the football field in the first round. That's tremendous.
0: They keep me coming back for more. Watch as they go like six and, and uh, eleven this year, and I'm oh. still just like thrilled. Though.
1: Duh, I you mean, know. duh. Uh,
0: anyway, Jacksonville Jaguars back from the dead take linebacker Devin Lloyd out of Utah. What are they doing? Don't know.
1: Um, taking the best linebacker in the draft.
0: I know, but their offense is trash. Oh, right. That's tough.
1: Uh, they're all, like
0: they're they're two good players potentially, but their offense is so bad. They're fucking I'm, Trevor Lawrence.
1: I'm with you here. I mean, by all means, I would really do everything I can to put every possible player around Trevor Lawrence to make him succeed. Um. The value in the draft, the way it's fallen, screams defensive player. I mean, there's no difference maker on offense left in this draft. It's all defensive players. So uh, it's really, truly hard to look at this pick and not say it's good from a value standpoint. I mean, Devin Lloyd is a guy who could have gone, you know, 15th. So getting him here at 20-whatever, 27, is really good value. But again, I I, I don't know. It, I, I'm torn between being smart and taking value when you can and just going all out to ensure that the, I mean it when I say this generational prospect that you have a quarterback works out. Uh,
0: can I tell you who the, the top three wide receivers are in the Jaguars depth chart? Yeah.
1: <sighs> um, sure
0: christian kirk yep the ghost of marvin jones yep and zay jones
1: uh i think i got Lavisco out there
0: huh they've
1: laviscuchnall out there yeah. he wasn't
0: listed as top 3 in the uh oh that's tough in the thing so
1: yeah i i didn't oh i don't to. like those guys
0: yeah so uh, those are Those are
1: three number two wide receivers.
0: So, of those four guys, I'll I'll throw I'll throw your your guy Laviska in there. How many of them do you think broke a thousand receiving yards last year? None of them. Not a single one of them. In fact, between the five of them, sorry, the four of them, four of them, they've only broken a thousand receiving yards. All four at any point in their career have only broken a thousand receiving yards in a season. Once.
1: Was that? Marvin Jones, like two years ago,
0: 2017, which feels like I know the wow. season. I feels a way yeah. more recent. But yeah, 2017. That's it. That's it. That's so bad. That's so bad.
1: I, I would mean, not be happy if I was Trevor Lawrence.
0: Their tight end is Evan Ingram, which I did not realize. And their running back is James Robinson. And Travis Etienne,
1: Travis Etienne, baby. Yeah, I mean, That's not this a good is, offense. That's wow, not good.
0: holy shit! Is it ugly? It's so ugly. Oh my god, it's ugly.
1: Oh boy, Trevor, I'd Lawrence. be furious. Yeah. Don't sign a, a second contract with that team. Please. I
0: would be furious, man. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, like. <sighs> Whatever. It doesn't even matter. I just, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm walking away from that first, on that first day of draft day, sad and afraid. Anyway, next up 28 Green Bay Packers. They take defensive tackle out of Georgia Devontae Wyatt. Uh, Corbin said they took two defensive picks. Here's the second one.
1: Oh. What's crazy is this is the guy I wanted the Steelers to take. If they weren't going to get a quarterback. I love him as a prospect. I love him as a player. Not a wide receiver.
0: No, no, verifiably not a wide receiver. Oh, man, just, oh, God. Uh, That brings to pick 29, the New England Patriots take Cole Strange, guard out of Chattanooga, and, uh, okay.
1: We're going to talk about the Patriots draft as a whole later, um, this is not a great pick. This is not a good pick. Not a great pick by that. Transit property. Um, Sean McVay saw this pick live while doing a press conference and audibly laughed
0: because oh, this no. was a guy.
1: This was a guy they were targeting with their first pick. Um, their first pick was 104.
0: <laughs> this is so much sooner than 104.
1: This is significantly
0: three times sooner, sooner than 100. This is 70 picks sooner than 104, 75 picks sooner. It's too many picks. <laughs> this is too many picks sooner. This is
1: a bet. Uh, spoiler alert for the upcoming discussion. Uh, Bill Belichick, the coach, has saved Bill Belichick, the GM, every single year he's ever held those two roles, because he's really good at one and fucking bad, laughably bad at the other. I know.
0: It's like, imagine how much better the Patriots could be if they had a good GM oh. and still Bill Belichick coaching. Like, it'd just be insane.
1: Uh, Bill Belichick with like Ozzie Newsom or uh, Eric DaCosta at GM.
0: Which one is you the are, guy
1: from the Colts? Uh, Chris Ballard. Oh, him with Chris Ballard. I don't think he would work with Chris Ballard because I think the personalities would yeah. not mesh well, but it would be disgusting. I know They would never lose a game,
0: and I'd hate it. But I'm glad that it's not the case because now the Patriots can actually lose like three games a season. And I relish those three games. I celebrate those three games like they're holidays. <laughs> anyway, uh Kansas City with their second pick in the draft take George Karloftis. Oh, what was his what was his real first name? Like Yolos or some shit like that.
1: Yeah, he's a, a Very Greek. Super a very duper Greek. Greek.
0: Yeah. Hold on. I have to Google it. Cause I remember his name very much. So not being George. Um, hold on, hold on. What, what's your real name? What's your name? What's your real name? George. I know it's not George. We looked this up. I can't fucking find it. It says George, but I could have sworn we saw like Yolos or some shit like that. All right. Whatever. Uh, what do you think about, about our, our, our friend George getting drafted here?
1: I really like it. I think he's a great prospect that was falling because um, shitty political reasons of him being white and a defensive edge that is not uber athletic. Um, I kind of just made that up now because it always seems to be the case. Your ghost.
0: Sorry. Your ghost. Your yeah, there it is.
1: Uh, but yeah, no, I love this. I think the, the Chiefs had a very nice first round.
0: He was born in two thousand one.
1: That's that's a lot. That's not long ago. I I don't even know what to say
0: anymore. Anyway, um, Cincinnati Bengals took the uh, took the safety Daxton Hills out of Michigan with pick number thirty one. Any thoughts?
1: Um, I think he's a very good athletic safety. Um. I don't think he's going to be a difference maker for the Bengals this year. Maybe not next year. But, again, I think it's a, a nice fit for them in the future.
0: Corn just hit us with a maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. But anyway, um, Minnesota Vikings round out the first round, taking another safety back-to-back safeties to close out the first round. Lewis sign out of Georgia. Uh, what do you think about this for Minnesota
1: uh, one of the guys I really would have uh, liked the Steelers to pick up at 20. Uh, I think he's the number two safety in this class. I'm a big fan of him. Um, great football IQ, uh, like the pickup for the Vikings feels a big, big need for them.
0: Okay. And so that rounds out the entirety of the first round. So now let's talk about Corwin's, uh, discussion, worthy draft classes for individual teams since, um, there are some stand out for both good and bad reasons. So Corbin, who's on your list of uh, what, what should we call this segment? Like f- fuck ups and glow ups.
1: Uh, it's really a bunch of uh, really nice draft glasses. And then one really bad one. All right. um, I'll start with the one I thought was the best. There are two that really stood out to me. We'll start with number one, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They just kind of. Usually when you say someone just kind of autopiloted their way through the, the something, anything, it's usually a bad thing. Um, the Ravens did this for the first, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, first nine, 10, basically their entire draft, um, And I don't dislike a single one of these picks. They just basically took the best player available. They really only went into, you know, tiny reaches with, um, like, team needs with their fifth pick in the fourth round. Sorry, uh, third pick in the fourth round. And even then, it's like... If they stopped after their second, fourth round pick, I would have been like, yeah, this is still probably the best draft class in in the NFL. Kyle Hamilton, arguably top overall player in the class. Tyler Landerbaum won the Remington Trophy for best offensive lineman in the country last year. Start and play center for the next fucking forever. David Ojabo was a guy who was a top 20 lock, top 15 lock until he uh, tore his i want to say achilles in his pro day he's not going to play this year he'll be fine next year it's not a you know career altering injury at this point in you know modern medicine he's basically all right we're trading our second round pick this year for a first round pick next year awesome you do that every time easy travis jones third round pick 76th overall often discussed as a back-of-the-first-round pick. Small school defensive tackle that could have played anywhere. Absolute monster. Their fourth-round pick, Daniel uh, Falale. I I can't pronounce it, and I'm sorry. Six-foot eight tackle from Minnesota. Absolute monster. Scored two touchdowns for them. Just, again, fills the need. Plug-and-play. Best player available. They have Two cornerbacks that they took that were the best players available, Jalen Armour-Davis, to Marion Williams, both guys who were under drafted by a multitude of positions. Charlie Kohler is probably the best two-way tight end in the draft. Sure, let's get him with one of our second-round picks. Jordan Stout, Penn State guy, best punter in the draft. Arguably the best punter in the country last year. Let's just grab him, too. Grab another tight end. Grab a running back for depth because they're all hurt. There's your draft. Fucking easy as hell. It's ridiculous just how good they are at just sticking to their plan, executing it, and just getting a ungodly amount of talent and just running away with it. Fucking dumb. I hate it. Fuck you.
0: Dang. You gotta you gotta work hard to stay on top. They finished yep.
1: fourth in their division. Uh third. Yeah.
0: What do you think? Oh, we didn't talk about them trading away Marquise Brown though.
1: Oh, another stupid ass good pick that got them uh whatever their second, first or what was it? I gotta go back again. Oh, that got them the twenty-fifth overall pick.
0: Right, which was nope. uh, Tyler Linderbaum.
1: Did they? Oh, they traded Buffalo's pick from Arizona. Really? Hold on. What was that trade compensation?
0: Uh, the cards, tw- pick 23,
1: which I guess they traded the Bills gave from- to
0: Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it, it eventually became pick 25.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, so, Let's let's put it this way. Would you rather have the eighteenth overall pick for AJ Brown or the 23rd overall pick for Marquise Brown?
0: Oh man, I I yeah, yeah. I so, I actually am not sure I know.
1: So AJ Brown is an all pro wide receiver. Marquise Brown, I don't know if he's broken a thousand yards receiving yet.
0: He broke a thousand yards last year. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, in my mind, I think AJ Brown is a game changer. I think Marquise Brown is a disappointing first round pick at wide receiver.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm comparing the stats. I, yeah. I'd rather have AJ.
1: I, It's just stupid the kind of value they were able to get for him, which was essentially all of it after what, four years of three, three years of Marquise Brown. And usually when you trade away a first round pick, you don't get a first round pick back because you don't get all of the upside. You know, it could be anything. It could even be a first round pick. He's closer to after signing a new big money deal, whatever it is. The fact that they were able to get a first is just ridiculous. I hate it.
0: That's why, the, that's why they're the number one team in the NFC North I know it's and always have been, always will be.
1: Okay, I'm ready to end the podcast after that comment. Bitch. Who
0: else you got for, for, for really, really good drafts?
1: Um, I have the Eagles here. Uh, I really like what they did with two picks in particular. I already mentioned that Jordan Davis was my favorite pick. But getting to Kobe Dean in the third round, 83rd overall, he was a guy that was a consensus, you know, mid to late first round pick. um, Fell because of a pectoral injury that he declined to have surgery on, which may be a a medical red flag in the future. Um, It's really one of those picks where if he works out, at, you know, 90%, 75% of what his potential was as, you know, an initial first-round pick for five years, I think that's a win, an absolute win for um, Howie in Philadelphia. Um, really like what he did there. And then didn't have – he only had three other picks throughout the draft, which isn't great, but those two alone, I think those could be impact draft picks. Um, I have to pull up the list because I forget the other. You want to just name a team that was on that list as well?
0: On what list?
1: The one I sent in the chat. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. The the, the Texans.
1: Cool. That was literally what my cursor was over. I really like their picks, uh, at least through the first four rounds. Like we said earlier, uh, Derek Stingley. Okay. All right. My computer's not working anymore. Derek Stingley, Kenyon Green, two solid first-round picks. They'll be day one starters. Jalen Pitter, Pitter, Pitry. I don't know. He's going to be a starting safety for them, dynamic player. John Mechie, at wide receiver. I think he's in all likelihood going to be their top receiver for the next couple of years. I love his talent. Christian Harris, another linebacker prospect. Fill-in starter automatically. And Damian Pierce, honestly, probably going to be a, a solid bet to be in the picture this year at running back. I just think they got a lot of value in those early rounds. Probably should have saved the Ravens for last because now, by comparison, nothing is like really stacking up to them. But still, really solid gra- draft from where we're looking at um, shortly after going or leaving the draft, I should say. Uh, what's another team you got there?
0: Let's go Seahawks.
1: Seahawks. The Seahawks had a lot of really good picks, and one that you just you laugh at because it's both... <laughs> like, the value's fine, but, like, it's such a Seahawks pick. Uh, got Charles Cross in the first round. They were able to get a really fun player in Boy Mafé, Edge Rusher out of Minnesota, absolutely lit up the senior bowl. Um, He's a fun prospect to think about, just super athletic, has the ability to do it. Um, Seahawks always building those defensive linemen. Then Kenneth Walker in the second round to start things off. How many early round running backs are they going to have on that team before they finally decide on one? I mean, over the last, like, four weeks of the season last year, the final four weeks, I think Rashad Penny had, like, 879 rushing yards, something in that ballpark. Just an absolutely stupid number. And they're already replacing him. I mean, Chris Carson is still there. They have so wow, many guys. Yeah. we forgot about him. They have so many guys in that running back room that they can have as starters, and they're still drafting... Early picks, but whatever. I like Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati in the fourth round. I like Tariq Woolen in the fifth round, both cornerbacks. Tyreek Smith was a former first overall uh, high school prospect from Ohio State at edge. Fifth round pick, really low risk, really high reward guy. And one of my favorite picks in the draft, Bo Melton, wide receiver out of Rutgers is going to be a a stud special teams player and honestly could really be a good number three wide receiver for that team with, uh, you know, DK Metcalf there. Uh, I really look forward to seeing if he can uh, kind of break in and do something, but, uh, outside of that, Kenneth Walker pick, I I like the Seahawks draft.
0: I still really hope DK Metcalf finds his way to the jets. I don't think he will at this point, but
1: I Uh, probably not at this point.
0: Uh, Last of the good teams with drafts, the Jets,
1: Uh, the Jets. What a great draft. Mm. The three guys we talked about in the first round, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, landed Brees Hall in the second awesome running back out of Iowa State. He's been basically penciled in as the number one running back in this class since his freshman year. Just utter stud. Uh, I mean, Outside of, you know, the the last three picks that they had, Jeremy Ruckert, Max Mitchell, Michael Clemens, all guys who could come in and work on or fight for depth, fight for starting position. Those first four picks are just absolutely amazing. That is just such an awesome draft class, such an awesome future ahead of all.
0: I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, All right. So then our last team on here, the team that you want to give, uh, Bad draft notice to the New England Patriots.
1: What just fucking shit, man. This is just a ridiculous draft class. Cole Strange, we talked about major reach. Tyquan Thornton is a return man who went 50th overall. I mean, the Patriots have never been good at drafting wide receiver. They didn't really get a wide receiver here. They just got a guy who can return kicks and run really fast. Just, I think he was closer to 200 in the consensus rankings than he was to 50 by a long shot. Marcus Jones, Jack Jones. Pierre Strong isn't bad running back in the fourth round. Wasn't really a need. Bailey Zapp in the fourth round quarterback out of Western Kentucky. I think that's a completely wasted pick. Just do not understand that whatsoever. That's throwing away value. Kevin Harris, another running back out of South Carolina. Sam Roberts, defensive tackle. Jason Hines, center out of LSU. Andrew Stuber, offensive tackle out of Michigan. I just, I don't know if somebody needs to just sit bill down and kind of explain to him the importance of value and the importance of the NFL draft. Cause I don't think he gets it. I don't think what he understands what their goal is. It's just, it's not working bill.
0: I mean, uh, he keeps making it to the playoffs, man.
1: I think it's in spite of his drafts, not because of it.
0: We both know that, but it's going to be tough for us to sit here and say, What are you doing, man? When he does still keep going to the playoffs, in spite of his drafting or not. Yeah. He keeps going to the fucking playoffs. So, yep. I agree. It seems to be in spite of his ability to draft, but he does still keep finding himself there. So, I, yeah.
1: I think that's That's all I got to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it was a big, busy draft this year. Um, Not nearly the the lots of like splashy movement up at the top of the first round. Like we're a little bit more accustomed to after these past four to six years, um, which honestly felt kind of nice. It felt like it gave more purpose to the mock drafts. Because when you do have a big, exciting trade like that, it oftentimes throws everyone's mock draft out the fucking window. Um, So I felt like it was uh, a a relatively welcome return to form. Um, But yeah, that is our recap of at least the first round, plus uh, some change on the... 2022 NFL Draft. I'm so excited as a Jets fan to see what what the team does going forward, and I'd like to believe that none of the teams in my division got appreciably better. A lie I will tell myself. Um, Corwin, any other takes, thoughts, opinions before we get out of here?
1: Oh, Kitty Pickett, I hope you work out.
0: God bless. Uh, all right, well if you want to follow the show, you can do so at juicypod on Twitter. If you'd like to follow Corbin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you'd like to follow myself, you can do so at Joshua D Tracy. If you like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juicy the numbers at gmail.com. And until
1: Thursday, y'all have a good All right.